Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are going to be kind yet again and rewind yet again. And we're going to talk about Ready Player One, which is a Spielberg movie like no other, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I, we'll get into it a little bit, but it's a really weird Spielberg movie. Like, it seems like the perfect thing for him to do, but also kind of the weirdest thing he could possibly do. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Had you seen this before we had sat down to watch it for this show? I have not. This was my first viewing of this. Oh, cool. I went to the theaters and saw this in theaters. I started reading the book years before I saw the movie, but I lost interest in it. Okay. I may have gotten distracted by something, which is so weird. But yeah, you know me. I have like eight books going at a time when I'm reading. Yeah. It probably just got lost in the shuffle. I, I never finished still it. still don't know how you do that, but. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. I mean, I have the book. It sits on my shelf over there, but I still haven't finished it or even like, I mean, I'd have to restart it by now because it was years before this movie sure. came out in 2018. So. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't you tell us the cast and crew and then we'll dig in and start talking Ready Player One. So this, you mentioned before, was directed by Steven Spielberg. The subject of our Be Kind Rewind. That is right. It was written by Zach Penn and Ernest Cline, and Ernest Cline also wrote the novel that this is based off of. Yes. Now, Zach Penn, do you recognize that name at all? No. Okay, so Zach Penn is a guy who wrote, he's written a lot of, like superhero-y type movies. Okay. He Well, the first one he ever wrote was Last Action Hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger. You remember that one? It's the one where the where a guy comes out of the movie screen and he teams up with the kid. It was like like a great like like just like a like a capper on the 80s action genre. I don't know if I saw it, but I remember mm. what you're talking about. Okay. He really kind of made his big splash with X2 and that's why I know his name. X-Men 2 was his story. Okay. And then he did X-Men the Last Stand which he co-wrote. He did The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton and The Avengers. He wrote the the story with that with Joss Whedon and he wrote this and then he wrote a movie that you really liked called Free Guy. Remember that one? Yes, I do remember that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. But he he is he is Kind of a superhero-y, kind of pop culture-y director. Okay. Or not director, excuse me, writer. Yeah, he's kind of entrenched in the lore of pop culture. All right. This movie stars Ty Sheridan as Percival or Wade, Olivia Cook as Artemis or Samantha, Lena Waithe as H or Helen, Ben Mendelsohn as Sorrento, T.J. Miller as Irock, Mark Rylance is Halliday, which he was just in a movie we covered recently with, in our Be Kind Rewind mm-hmm. with Bridge of Spies. Mm-hmm. And Simon Pegg as Ogden Morrow. Okay, I don't know if I know Ty Sheridan from much of anything except for the reboot of the X-Men franchise when they did like that X-Men, like, I want to say it was Apocalypse when they brought it into current time frame. Okay. And or in the eighties anyway, and he was Cyclops. He was a young Cyclops. Okay. Well, they the were time, trying so. to go for a relatively unknown actor mm. for the part. Sure. I don't know anything about Olivia Cook, but I do know Ben Mendelsohn. He's a really good actor. I like that guy a lot. 
He's been in a lot of things. He was in Dark Knight Rises. He was in Rogue One as director Krennic. Mm-hmm. He was really, he plays a good bad guy. I like him as a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good at that. And of course, we know Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. And we also know he shall, who, who shall not be named T.J. Miller, which I just named him, but whatever. I hate that guy. Like, I loathe T.J. Miller. I think he's just obnoxious and annoying. I feel like he was a weird choice for that role. Yeah. Why? I just I, his voice doesn't really go with that character. I don't think, but he's just annoying. He's annoying know. as fuck. He's like he's like great value Ryan Reynolds, and I don't even like Ryan Reynolds in like non serious roles. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, any whom Johnny Williams did the music, of course. Right? No. No. He did not. He did not. No. Nope. Never mind. So we have another one of those, this is another one of those movies that John Williams didn't do the music for. No, he was doing The Post? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this was, I think this came out, Spielberg had like two or three movies this year in 2018. Yeah, so I think he was doing The Post, if I remember what I was reading, and so he could not do this one. Right. But Spielberg teamed up with somebody else that he's worked with before. Right. Alan Silvestri. Mm-hmm. So he's worked with him before, so not new, yeah. new collaboration. Yeah, well, as a, as a producer, right? I don't think he's ever directed any or uh, done anything that Spielberg has directed. He's known as a guy who worked with Robert Zemeckis a lot. Okay. In the eighties, he did all of the he did all of the Back to the Future movies. He did like Death Becomes Her. I think he did Forrest Gump too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So he's he's he is he is Robert Zemeckis's guy, and I think. What I really like about this is that, you know, you know, Parsifal, he rides around in the DeLorean from Back mm-hmm. to the Future. And mm-hmm. we get the Alan Silvestri, you know, Back to the Future, dun, 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 that whole thing. Yep. We get that in here. Like, we, I love that they peppered this with, like, it was seasoned with an 80s, like a, like a steadfast 80s composer, you know? Like, this mm-hmm. is a guy who you've heard his music before in 80s movies, Romancing the Stone, Cat's Eyes, everything. So, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a good pick if we couldn't have John Williams. I agree. Yeah. Should we talk about the story? Let's, let's do that. So, in the dystopian future of 2045, in Columbus, Ohio, which apparently is now the hotbed of, like, business and culture in this country, for some reason? Not sure how that happened, but here we are. <laughs> Poor people live in slums, big surprise, called the stacks. Basically, it's just, like, stacked, literally stacked, like, trailers. Yeah. Yeah. And like complex like ways to get up and down to the top floors of these stacked trailers. I remember back in the day mm-hmm. in Mankato, which is about an hour from where we live, Mankato, Minnesota. My brother went to a college over there, and they had—I don't remember what they called them—but they had stacked motor or stacked trailers like that. Really, and like college kids would live in them. And I don't remember how tall they were. They're not there anymore because right. they had to tear them down and stuff. But back in the day, they had that <laughs> at a college <laughs> town in Minnesota here. That is that is weird to me. <laughs> That's weird to me. 
Like, there's no real, like... Like, did you notice that there are there stairs? How do people that don't want to, like, glide up and down on a rope get up and down from, like, the there top of the stacks? There has to be stairs there somewhere. There to be, right? There yeah. has to be. Yeah. But I didn't... I don't remember seeing them. Like, I didn't even see, like, a real superstructure holding them together. I mean, kind of, but, like... A little bit. But now, I don't know. It was weird to me that, Mm. like, they only ever show Wade going up and down from his stack. But, like, how do you expect some old woman to do that? Mm -hmm. Like, he's riding up and down on a rope with, like, a counterweight on it. (laughs) It's like, dude, um, maybe the point of this was that people don't leave their houses, really. Like, everything is brought in with drones and you live in the oasis basically you are in your house but you're living in the oasis for some darn reason so well i mean if if your world looked like what these guys have to live in Mm -hmm. in the stacks wouldn't of course you're gonna go escape to there yep absolutely so wade lives with his aunt alice and her boyfriend her live-in boyfriend rick and he, like we were just talking about, he escapes reality by going to the Oasis, which is a virtual reality world where people can enter as avatars and play video games, entertain themselves, kind of just like exist inside this universe. You can meet up with people like Freddy Krueger or Batman, or in the book, you could meet like all kinds of other people that weren't owned by Warner Brothers. There's a whole bunch of, like, there's stuff in here that's not owned by Warner Brothers, but not much. There were things that they, I know that they wanted to put some stuff in. There's stuff, I can't remember exactly what it is in the book that was specifically in the book that they okay. couldn't put in because they couldn't get, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't get the rights right. to it. So they had a legal team yeah. that did a lot of work to try and get as many icons mm-hmm. as they could. Mm-hmm. But they were not able to get yeah. all of them, and so then they had to come up with different ideas. And you know, they—I think they did a good job. I didn't read the book, so I don't know who was in there. But I feel like people they did get in here worked well for right. what the story was. Yeah, absolutely. So you can even earn money in the Oasis. You can lose whatever you've earned. In the Oasis, if your avatar dies, like all that coin is what they call it, coin. Interesting, right? Because, you know, Mario collected coins, right? Yeah. So all that coin goes away if you get, if your avatar gets killed, you reset. Yeah, I feel like this is really harsh and it just makes me think about like our son and granddaughter when they play and how into it they get. I mean, that's got to be devastating to work so hard for something and then just lose it all just like that. Yeah. The, I think what's interesting about that is I don't know that the guy that created the Oasis, James Halliday intended for it to be that harsh. No, but I I feel like this is where, this is where IOI would go with it. This is where corporate America is going to take it. This is where corporate America would take it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wade's avatar is known as Parzival, and he is friends with kind of a half-monster, half-mech named H. We have a, a, a samurai named Daito and a, a fighter named Sho, and then he's he's never met any of these people in person, though. He's only met them online, which makes me think of bulletin board systems back in the early 90s. Do you remember this? On a computer, you can go on a bulletin board and you could talk to people 
Mm-mm. You have little conversations on there. No. And you could meet people on there and just have conversations and make friends that you would never meet. Ever meet. Back in the 90s, I had limited internet access being a single mom. Mm. <laughs> so I I didn't partake in a lot of that stuff. I got so, you. I was, yeah. on, I, was in, I was in college. Yeah. The only way we could do it was in a computer bank in the library. I didn't have my sure. own computer or anything. But... But yeah, so we would go, you'd go into the library, you'd sit down, you had to have a disc that you plugged into the computer and you plugged it in because it had like your like information on it. Like, mm-hmm. you, well, oh yeah, you're a student here, you're allowed to use the computer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, you'd go on these BBSs and just chit chat with people. And that's what this makes me think of. Like, you don't know who these people are. Mm-hmm. H even says, you know, hey, this woman that you like in the game here, she might be a 600 pound dude living in her dad's basement, you know? Yeah. Yep. Or his dad's basement or whatever. Halliday was not the only one that created o- o- the Oasis. He also had help from his friend Ogden Morrow. And they founded a, gr- a gaming company called Gregarious Games. Halliday passed away five years before this takes place, but not before leaving an Easter egg for his fans. So he, he releases a video the day that he dies, and he says, Look, I have hidden an Easter egg in... The Oasis. And if you find it, if you find the egg, you're going to inherit my stock, Halliday's stock, in Gregarious Games, which is roughly half a trillion dollars, and total control over the Oasis. So Mm -hmm. you're going to run the Oasis, and you're going to have half a trillion dollars. Inside the Oasis, Halliday has an avatar that still exists. His name is Anorak, who's a wizard. And... This starts off like the great race to find this egg. Mm-hmm. We have people that basically devote their whole lives to hunting these eggs. They're called Gunters. Gunters. Which yeah. I thought was a... Sorry, that's a dumb name for that. <laughs> like Gunter, really? Like Egg Hunter? I get why, but Gunter? It's so guttural and it sounds gross and it sounds nasty. It sounds like something that would happen, though, because now... Words get shortened down to one syllable, and this is the words that the kids use today. Are you so, talking about bruh? Uh, <laughs> sus. I mean, all sorts of words. So I feel like, yeah, they would mush this word together and come, try and come up with something smaller. I suppose. So for years, people have been trying to find this egg, but nobody has been able to find it. There's also a company named IOI, which I mentioned earlier, which is Innovative Online. Evil, evil company. Yeah, evil big corporation, right? Faceless, soulless, evil corporation. You know, I'm I'm surprised that, I suppose it maybe not so, but I'm surprised Halliday didn't have some kind of measures built in that would prevent misuse like IOI does. But maybe it just didn't occur to him that there would be people out there that would basically make slaves out of citizens Hmm. to try and get the egg themselves and get control of this thing themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It is surprising that he would allow this to happen because he's very against the corporate takeover of gregarious games. You know, he's got this stock. He doesn't like where it's going, and that's why he retired to begin with. But so for him to not put these precautions in mm-hmm. feels like an error, but I think it's intentional because he knows that these soulless corporations aren't going to beat the real fans of the game. Yeah. 
So you can have as many people that you want. Throw in, you can throw as many people as you want at something, but if you don't have the heart to actually do the thing, you're not going to succeed, right? Yeah, maybe. It's a fantasy movie. You can allow yep. for that, yep. I think, you know? I, I agree, and and it's fine. I just thought it's too bad that he didn't think of this because I right. really feel like he would not have wanted that to happen. Well, this would be a completely different movie if that yep. didn't happen. But IOI really is enslaving people, right? Like what mm-hmm. they do is they've got this one woman who goes around and she buys the debt that these people have, like these poor people, mm-hmm. these poor gamers. They She buys their debt for IOI, and then... She makes them work it off, but yeah. they can never work it off because the interest just compounds and compounds and compounds. And they charge them late fees. They charge them late and fees. They and... never pay them enough yep. to pay, make a dent in anything. Sounds like student loans, actually. But it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like present day is yeah. what it sounds like. Yep. To be honest with so you, so nothing's gonna change in the future. Wonderful. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So there's like three challenges to get this egg. The first one got unlocked a long time ago. It's going to race into Central Park. Wade goes to this race. Nobody's been able to finish the race. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to race to Central Park. So we know what the we know what it is, but nobody's been able to finish it. Wade goes, we get this we get the shot of the race. So we get to see the race happen. Mm-hmm. And he is racing against all these other gamers. He's also racing against the IOI people. They're called Sixers. Is what they they call the the people that owe mm-hmm. the money that are working for IOI or working enslaved by IOI. I am I'm offended that they're using Sixers for this. <laughs> being a Sixers fan, but just kidding, I'm not offended. It just thought would make that joke. So real so, quick, they yeah. have a lot of cool vehicle callbacks in this oh, yes. thing. We've got the DeLorean. Mm-hmm. We've got the Batmobile. Yep. We the have the '60s Batmobile. Christine. Yeah. There's the Pork Chop Express from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, there's there the Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit. Yep. And we've got the RV from Spaceballs. There's yep. all sorts of cool callback. Yep. All to the '80s. Now this is where I feel super dumb. I watched this whole movie. And then I said, well, this is weird. They got all this 80s music in it. And you're like, this is like an 80s callback movie. And I'm like, really? And then as I was going back and thinking about it and doing research, and I I did watch part of this again, kind of with her. And I'm like, why did I not pick up on this the first time? Because I think I was just like into it. Yeah, you were entrenched in the movie. You weren't paying attention. And I wasn't paying attention, but it is 80s, like 80s threw up in this movie all over the place. And the book is the same way. Okay. The book is the same way. Yeah. But in this version of the race, Wade almost makes it to the finish line, but he gets attacked by King Kong and and Kong destroys the track. And he spots a player named Artemis, Wade does. He spots a player named Artemis who is trying to make it across, but he stops her because he knows that Kong is there. Kong ends up catching her motorcycle, which is an, a replica of from the 80s manga and anime uh, called Akira. She is trying to make it across, but he, Kong grabs the motorcycle as Wade is pulling Artemis off the motorcycle, and she doesn't make it across. Mm-hmm. Wade takes... Artemis to H because H he's got a garage that where he he can he like he's building a an iron giant he is he's a repair like maniac 
Yeah, so we go into his shop. So real quick here, we get yeah. a, a lot more 80s stuff in yeah. here. Yeah. Again, we see the flying RV from Spaceballs. Mm-hmm. There is an, is it EVA pod or an AVA pod? From what? Space Odyssey. I think it's e- an e- EVA or EVE. It says EVA pod. Oh, is it abbreviated? Is it period, period, it, period? No, it's cap all caps. Just say EVA. Okay. There's an EVA pod from... 2001 Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Not 80s. That's from 68. 68, yeah. yep. There is, from 78, there's something from Battlestar Galactica. Uh, the Galactica is from Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> We've got, what else do we have in here? We've got a RoboCop, part mm-hmm. of a RoboCop in here. We've mm-hmm. got a loader from Aliens. Yes. Pee-wee's bike from yeah. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is in here. There's all sorts of stuff. You mean it's stuff. not in the basement at the Alamo? <laughs> Shit. Somebody all told sorts of good stuff in here. That makes me sad because Pee-wee's dead. Yeah. Uh, too bad. R.I.P. Wee. <laughs> so H and Artemis, or excuse me, H and Wade show Artemis around. Or no, it's not It's not H and Wade that shows Artemis around. Wade shows Artemis around much to H's yeah. c- chagrin. He's like, why are you showing off my shit? Yeah, this is this my stuff. My stuff. <laughs> I will show my stuff off. But... He fixes Artemis's motorcycle and she leaves. And then Wade has to also leave because his aunt is calling. We get this cool effect that we don't get much in the movie mm-hmm. where he's taking off his VR headset and he just kind of pixelates out of the the Oasis. I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. That was neat. Yeah. So in his actual house, when he gets back to the stacks, Rick, the aunt's boyfriend, tries to attack him because... Because Rick's a dick. Rick's a dick. It basically, Wade took Alice's VR gloves for the game, and Rick had to use Wade's old gloves in the game, which cost him. He ended up getting killed. His avatar ended up getting killed in the game, and he lost all of his money there. Alice says, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to kick you out, Wade. I can't have this. If you keep doing this, I'm going to have to get rid of you. So they're, on, on, they're kind of on the outs there. Meanwhile, at IOI, Nolan Sorrento, who is the CEO, he plans to kind of create a bug in the game that's going to spam other players' visors, their, their, their VR visors, when with pop-ups that'll force them to pay to remove them. This sounds like, this sounds like a capitalist nightmare. Ransomware. Yeah, ransomware. This is just ridiculous. Sorrento, he wants the egg because he wants the massive fortune. He plans to use it to grow IOI. Wade goes back into the Oasis. He visits Hall- he visits the Halliday Journals, which is like a museum to Halliday. Mm-hmm. It's got all of his memories, which Halliday apparently documented and kept. He kept a record of like every movie he ever watched. He kept a record of every video game he ever played, everything. Mm-hmm. He just kept records of everything. Yep. And it's almost like he knew there was going to be a museum about him one day <laughs> and that he was going to be needed. Yeah. Wade speaks to the curator who is a like a like a robot, like a half robot. He's half robot, right? Or is he like No, he's got legs, right? Cuz he walks with them, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's got legs. For some yeah. reason, I feel I, I I'm imagining in my head that you don't see him from the waist down, which makes my brain erase his legs. I don't know why. 
because <laughs> I'm fucking weird, maybe. But the curator helps Wade go to see a memory of a launch party where Halliday and Morrow are discussing the future in, their future in the industry. Morrow wants to leave Gregarious Games. Wade listens to a quote from Halliday about going backwards which Wade realizes is a clue to beating the first challenge. Now, this is this is a clip. Now, they, the, the curator says, hey, you've, th- this has been seen by millions of people, hundreds of thousands of times. What's so special about this? If you've got that many people putting eyes on it and nobody's noticing him saying, going backwards, mm-hmm. what... Who are these people that aren't putting two and two together there? So I wonder, because he starts walking away before it gets to that point. So I wonder if mm. a lot of people think the video is done and just leave. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're because right. Because it is kind curator, of a tag Because the curator kind of says something and makes him pause enough to actually listen to the rest of it. Right, which is interesting because of who we would find out the curator right. is in the end. Yeah. yeah. So not sure that that was on purpose, but it could have been. I, you know, you get the impression that he's being dir- kind of steered. Yeah. In a certain It's almost way. like, you know, those big arrows pointing at it here. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Stop. right. Stop. We're right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he goes back to the first challenge, the race, and everybody speeds in, speeds away, and Wade puts it in reverse, and he drives backwards. And just as he does, the the ground tips down and he goes into an underground tunnel that allows him to drive the course without hitting any of Bypasses the, the T-Rex. Everything. The, the T-Rex, Kong, Kong, ends up everything. popping him right back, yep. right into Central Park, yep. where he gets his first key. The first key of three keys that you need to unlock the egg. It's it's And with that key, you get a clue. The clue is the next step basically for mm-hmm. you know for yeah. the for the whole thing. Parzival then or Wade then becomes the highest scoring player in the game and that gets him some unwanted attention, but it also gets him a lot of money right off mm-hmm. the bat. He, he goes on a, a shopping spree. He does go on a shopping spree. He goes and he buys a holy hand grenade in game. He goes and he buys a couple other things in, in real this, life. This this Rubik's Cube type yeah. thing. Yeah, the yeah. Zemeckis cube, which I thought was Fucking amazing, because here we have another Zemeckis reference. Spielberg and Zemeckis were, are really good friends. Okay. I mean, there's a there's a reason that we got a lot of references to that in here, I think, besides the fact that these guys basically ruled the 80s with George Lucas. Right. So. The Zemeckis cube, when it's activated, I don't know if you caught it, but that's when the Back to the Future... That's the Back to the Future music. music because because it playing. sends you back in time for a second. It, yeah. it rewinds, what, 10 seconds, I think it is? Was it 60 seconds, was I think it, it was? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Whatever it... A set amount of time, it rewinds it. Right. So I thought yeah. that was kind of a cute little thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. While Wade is going on his shopping spree, Sorrento goes into the Oasis using his own avatar. And named he, Sorrento. Named Sorrento. <laughs> he meets with a bounty hunter called Irock, which is everybody's favorite douchebag, T.J. Miller, and hires him to find out who Parsifal is in real life. Uh Iraq. Well, he wants them to take him out, doesn't he? Not yeah. just find out who he is. He wants him. No, he wants off to find out who he is, and he's going to send his own guys. Yeah, yeah. So, Iraq gives uh, Sorrento an item, which is a like a magic item that's called the Orb of Osivox. Yeah, or something like that. 
we don't know what's that, what that's going to be used for until a little bit later. Also, did you he, notice that the orb was in a box that resembled the one Gizmo came in in Gremlins? I did not catch that. No. Yeah. There's enough. There's so many 80s references in this movie that you will not see them on first second view, first or second viewing, maybe no. not even third. I feel viewing. like I need like a, almost a guide so I can go, oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> like a hidden Mickey's guide. Yeah, for hidden the, Mickey's uh, movie, right? for the movie. Yeah. Hidden 80s. Right. One of the things that the thing that that Wade buys in real life is a special suit that allows him to feel what goes on in the game. Somebody punches him, he'll feel it. In the game, if somebody punches him in the game, he'll feel it in real life. Basically, that seems like a weird thing to want to do. Yeah, I mean, at that point, why not just real life? I suppose though, you can't do the kind of things in real life that you can do in the Oasis. Yeah, you know, you're not going to be able to climb Mount Everest with Batman in real life. Yeah, I mean, but you if might, you but... fall from climbing, then it's going to hurt. Where if you fall from climbing in the Oasis, you'll die and you'll lose all your coin. You will, but your body won't hurt in the real world. True. I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those things that people want, like a little bit more in-depth dive into this world that Make they all love so much. Feel like you're in the real world, right? Like you feel Obviously, like you want to yeah, feel. But... It's not about feeling like you're in the real real world. It's about feeling like you're in the oasis. Not mm-hmm. just your eyes are in the oasis. You mm-hmm. are in the oasis. You know, that's what it feels like to me, anyway. So. Parsifal has kind of become sort of a celebrity. He helps Artemis and H finish build, finish the race challenge, and they are followed by Dato and Sho. Their positions are now top five. They are one through five on the scoreboard, and they they are nicknamed the High Five. They call themselves the High Five. The next clue involves a creator who hates his own creation and a leap not taken. This is what we find out from the curator. Wade and Artemis go back to the Halliday journals using a disguise to make them look like to make him look like Clark Kent. They are taken by the curator to revisit a memory of Halliday's where they learn that Sorrento started out as Halliday's intern. Halliday and Morrow start talking about a date that Halliday went on with someone named Kira, which is just her online handle. And her real name is Karen Underwood. This woman would later become Morrow's wife. Wade and Artemis... Huh? Odd. (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) Wade and Artemis think that the split between Halliday and Morrow was because of because of this whole thing with Kira. Right. Yeah. Which makes sense. It does. It does. Wade also takes note that none of Halliday's other memories ever mention Kira. He makes a bet with the curator and says, I'll prove it. So after seeing that the only memory mentioning Kira or Karen Underwood is the one that they're watching, the curator Gives Wade, gives Wade a quarter. He's like, here you go. I pay my debts. Flips him a quarter. Wade puts it in his pocket and they move on. Again, I feel like this is... The curator would probably know that, don't you think? He's I like do think the, the curator knows that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the first clue. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a little... Something's missing from this movie. We're missing... 
something that tells us why or how or when the curator started taking a liking to Wade, because he very obviously is, and by the time we end the movie, we're going to know that he was actually helping him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know when that started. Right. And I think that that's kind of a missing puzzle piece. Did it start when they when that, that that first thing that he when he figured out how to do the the race properly, or was it before that? Because he kind of guides him during the race mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Does he just like his spunk? Is that why he does it? I mean, well, if we're to, if if we're to believe what Wade says, he has been to the Halliday journals a lot. So yeah. the curator knows him. Yes. Right. There has to have been a moment when the curator took a fancy to Wade and said, "I'm going to help this kid." Knowing who, knowing who he is in mm-hmm. real life, mm-hmm. he made a conscious effort to, to basically train him, Miyagi him, guide him in the right direction. Here's an interesting thing, too, then, is if he knew enough to guide him, why didn't he just go finish the challenges himself? Why didn't the curator go and finish the challenges? Yeah, why didn't Morrow go finish them himself? Oh, well, you gave it away. Now we know that the curator was Morrow. Oh, it's going to save that for the end. Damn it! I always, I always, I well, always give away the, the thing. cat. Or give away if the people bag. are listening to this, they should have watched this already. So I they know. should know. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but okay, why wouldn't Moro go after that himself? Because Moro is mourning the loss of his friend. You see it in his eyes at the end when when Wade tells Moro that his greatest regret was his his friendship with Moro ending. Mm-hmm. He's not interested in all that. He's set for life. Morrow's already set for life. Right. I'm just thinking, okay, you're seeing what this terrible IOI company is doing. He's an old man by this point, too. Why wouldn't you just try and go get it, and then you can do whatever the hell you want with it? Morrow and Halliday are about the same age, which means that he's an aging man. He mm-hmm. will eventually die, probably sooner rather than later. He wants an heir, and he wants that heir to earn his place. Yeah. It makes sense. He wants it to go to someone who is like Halliday, but not like Halliday. And once mm-hmm. par- once once Parzival proves that, he's 100% on board. We just don't get to see what that is. Mm-hmm. What is the moment that the curator or Morrow says, yep, this is him. This is the kid. This is the one I'm going to help. Out of all the millions of people in the Oasis, Mm -hmm. I'm going to help this one. Probably because the persistency going back. Because, you know, he Wade does say that nobody really goes there anymore. That's true, yeah. By the time he is doing this this search Mm -hmm. that we're watching in the movie... It's it's just it's not that there's not that many people there. We we can see that it's almost an empty building when he's there. Yeah. Artemis invites Wade to go to a club called the Distracted Globe, and they dance. Wade says he he thinks he finds out that he kind of figures he's fallen in love with her. You know. He suggests that they tell each other their real names, even though it's not recommended in the Oasis because, you know, privacy, that kind of stuff. Very dangerous. Right. Wade tells Artemis his real name, but Irock is there, too, and he overhears that. And Uh that is how the IOI people find out who he is. And then a bunch of Sixers break into the club and attack Wade and Artemis. But he gets to use that Zemeckis cube, mm-hmm. throws it, sends them back in time 10 seconds, and they're able to escape. 
Artemis, meanwhile, is angry at Wade for getting them into trouble. Her father died after being forced to work in what they're called. Now they call it a loyalty center. Yeah, yeah. Under IOI. IOI's prison camp is called a loyalty center. loyalty center. Yes. But, but Artemis's dad died there. He had a lot of debt. He got trapped into it with, you know, having to work for them and not being able to pay that debt off. And he died penniless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because Sorrento knows who Wade is now, he sends Wade a personal message and offers him $50 million to join IOI and help them find the egg. $50 million. That is a lot of money. For a guy who lives in a beat-up trailer stacked on a bunch of other beat-up trailers is a lot of money. But Wade is like, nah, I'm good. And at that point, I'm thinking to myself, man, does, I mean, is 50 million just not enough for you there, Wade? But really, it's not about that. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. He is not willing to give in to the soulless corporation. He has he has a compassion for Halliday. He yeah. he looks up to Halliday. Mm-hmm. He isn't. I I just don't think he's gonna cave to this corporate, you know, buyout type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. No, he he knows that Halliday wouldn't want that to happen. So mm-hmm. he has charged himself basically with defending it from IOI, mm-hmm. and he's gonna find out that there is a huge resistance brewing against IOI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After Wade says, no, nah, I'm good, Sorrento says, well, you know, we know where you live. And, you know, we're going to send drone strikes to your place, your stack, the stacks, right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this, you know, Wade, he's not, he doesn't go into the Oasis at his house. He actually goes and, like, gets into, like, a an abandoned van yeah. to jump into the Oasis. He's kind of converted it into, like, his own little, like... VR hotspot space, you know? Mm-hmm. How does he get internet out there? It almost <laughs> seems like you can get internet anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Here. Right. I'm just thinking about it in present day terms, like you're going to run some coax out there or some Cat5 out there and just roll with it or what? I wanted to know how he could afford like that walking treadmill thing and stuff. That It feels like that would be very spendy, so... In real world, how the heck did he get all that stuff? I imagine that the reason that, and maybe this is explained in the book, maybe it's on the cutting room floor, but I imagine that Wade actually commandeered that because I I think it was part of the van. I Mm. think that like when he found the van, it had that in it and he was like, well, I'm not going to try and move it. Yeah. So I'm just going to use this. Yeah. And it happened to be kind of in a little hidey hole Mm -hmm. so nobody else could find it. Yeah. It's kind of perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So the drones, Wade runs from his hidey hole to the stacks and trying to warn everybody, but the drones then destroy the stack with Wade's trailer and it kills Alice and Rick and sends the tower crumbling to the ground. He goes back to his trailer to warn his friends that IOI is onto them, but he is taken captive by a man with a face tattoo. And he gets knocked out. He wakes up, but he doesn't, he doesn't get knocked out. He gets the chloroform treatment, right? right. The guy with the face tattoo grabs mm-hmm. him and gives him the old shh, shh, just let go it happen sleep. thing. Go right? to sleep. Yeah. When he wakes up, he is face to face with 
Samantha, who is the person behind Artemis. She and a few other people have gathered a rebellion in an area not too far from the stacks, and the stacks aren't that far from IOI. All of this is happening within like maybe a five square mile area, mm-hmm. yeah, which is crazy to me. Wade and Samantha almost kiss, but Samantha realizes that the kiss is the leap not taken, which is the clue that's part of the second challenge. Mm-hmm. She thinks that the leap not taken is Halliday regretting not kissing Kira when he had the chance when they went out that, on that one date. Wade and Samantha get H, Daito, and Sho together. So the, fi- the, the what are they? The high five? The high the five. The high five. Even though they're not, they're not a crew together. Right. No, no, they're not clanning up. <laughs> but they really are. But they are clanning up. <laughs> yeah. They go back to the Halliday journals and they go through all of the movies to see what movie they watched when they had their date, Kira and Halliday. Turns out it's The Shining, <laughs> which is great, but it, it, is, it is a reference to a creator who hates his own creation because Stephen King really hates Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining. Like, really fucking hates it. Yeah. Yeah. The curator brings them into a virtual simulation of the Overlook Hotel. So we get this great, like, immersion into the world of The Shining that was recreated for this movie. Obviously, obviously, probably all CGI, but here we are. H is freaked out because he's never seen The Shining, and he's terrified of shit like this. He, like, kind of, like stumbles away from everybody else and he ends up running into the two twins the twin girls the oh, Grady and they're girls. so cute i'm gonna go after yeah. you <laughs> he's like oh wait no hold on let me come after you and then like try he tries to open the elevator and they're like no no no, no don't do that and the elevator opens and of course we all know if you've seen the shining that if you if the elevator is there there's gonna be blood yeah. there will be gallons and gallons and gallons of blood so there is the H runs away from the blood eventually. He gets he gets swept away at first, but then he ends up getting back up and he runs and he ends up in room 237, which if you've seen The Shining, you know that room 237 is where the creepy zombie lady is. Yep. So he ends up running into the creepy zombie lady who really goes fucking balls to the wall berserk against H, like hacking at him and shit. Yeah. It's like that is that did not happen to Jack Nicholson. <laughs> this is way different. And then... Yeah, but they're trying to kill him so they don't go any further. Right. And then he ends up back out in the in the hedge maze chased by Jack Torrance with his axe. While this is all going on, Samantha is able to find Kira dancing with the zombie people in the ballroom mm-hmm. at the Overlook. And she makes her way over to her, winning the challenge, gets presented the Jade Key, and Artemis becomes the high scorer in the Oasis. Sorrento finds out that Wade is alive when he sees that Parsifal is now second highest. The Sixers are having way less luck getting through the Shining. I loved that part where they're like flashed down to these guys and they're all like yeah. like, like flinching yeah. and shrieking and like, get away, get away. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's it's we're seeing their real world version of it. We don't see like inside as the Sixers <laughs> are in there. We're seeing like them 
reacting in the real world to what's going on in the VR simulation, which I thought was really funny. Just real quick, have you done any of that VR simulation stuff? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you saw me do one. We did the Darth Vader, I did that Darth Vader lightsaber thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it had me a couple times. I was like, whoa, hey, you know, ducking and stuff, but... I've yeah. never done one. I'm afraid I might feel dizzy in there. I would love to get my hands on a PSVR 2. They're way expensive, but I would love to get my hands on one of those so that I could play some of those things, like Resident Evil 7. Oh my gosh. I would shit myself, and I'm, I'm here for it. I am here for it. I would love to shit myself playing a video we game. We almost need a different room with more space so you don't break anything, I suppose. Oh, that'd be fine. You know what? Here, you know, here, I, what I actually would need is, like, adult diapers, so when I do shit myself, I don't have to, like, get up and change. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, look, it's scary enough without the VR, like, just with the lights down and everybody else is asleep. That's fucking creepy. <laughs> So the IOI folks use a drone to detect the tattoo face guy and they figure out where the Rebellion's hideout is based on that information. Samantha gets taken and put into a loyalty center, just like her dad did. Wade gets away with the help of H, Daito, and Sho, and he discovers that H is actually a woman named Helen. Daito and Sho are brothers Toshiro and Shoto. And Shoto is like 11. Yeah. And just like the cutest, most precocious, like video gamer kid ever. He's <laughs> like, hold on, I want to hear the rest of this. Like when, when Wade is like, you're like the greatest ninja in the world. And the other guy, and his brother's like, yeah, I know, he knows. And, and Shoto is like, hey, let him finish. Yeah. Give me more. You know, like, <laughs> that, proceed. That, yeah. Proceed. <laughs> Continue lavishing me with, you know praise i love this because they all like respect each other like oh yeah it's not obviously they're in a competition but Mm -hmm. these this group here they respect each other's talents and yeah absolutely it's kind of it's cool yeah you know that's what it's like being in a clan when it comes Mm -hmm. to video games and stuff you know i mean you got people that have responsibilities within your group that you know do certain things it's mm-hmm. like when Miles and I play Fortnite with Paul and his daughter. Yeah. You know, we we have our responsibilities. Paul and I bring up the back. The two kids go and, like, go gangbusters, and we collect resources, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, you have your, it's, it's what's great about it is that you learn teamwork that yep. way. Yeah. So, it's interesting. Also, there's, I wanted to talk about this. Do you think there's some transgender themes in this movie with H being a guy in the oasis possibly i mean it's they don't possible. really they don't really they don't touch on it too it. much here um and i wonder I in the book if there's if yeah there's i don't know that. if it's necessary to address it either it's very possible no. or it could just be like h was saying is you just don't know who these people are right in the real world you can world. be anybody you want in there anyway so. yeah and so yeah. it might be just trying to hammer that idea home too mm-hmm. I, it could be either one it could i mean it's you're right they don't outright say it i don't think that you have to outright say it i just noticed it and i thought you know that's that's pretty cool if this is representative of trans people within this community i think it's really cool that they're just they're there mm-hmm. and they're doing you know she's there and she's doing the same things that everybody else is doing it's mm-hmm. not called out it's not you know made a negative or a positive or anything. It's just she exists. Mm -hmm. And that's what's great about this is that she exists, you know, if that's the case. The second, so I watched the first half of this twice then. Yeah. And what was neat is when I watched this the second time, 
and I'm watching H, I can actually see Helen in H. Yeah. Yep. Where yeah. you don't really, the first time you don't really meet Helen till later. Mm-hmm. So you don't really see that. But if you watch it again, you can, you can tell, you can see. So I like mm-hmm. that they were able to bring these actors, personas and habits and stuff. So you, you could tell that's who oh, yeah, that is. Definitely. Do you know, I mean, in your research, did you find out where they mo-capped? Were these guys all mo-capped for the Oasis stuff? You know, I didn't come across anything like that. Now, I didn't watch any of the videos. I just did not get time to do that. But that is something that is interesting where I might go in and check it out because mm. that, that stuff is kind of interesting yeah, how they I'd do like that. I'd like to find out if that was the case. The gang gets into H's van and they head to rescue Samantha from the loyalty center and try and stop Sorrento from taking over the Oasis. So the final challenge is at Castle Anorak on Planet Doom. H manages to hack into Sorrento's rig. And the way that they do this is that when, back when Wade was offered the 50 million, he was brought to IOI's offices by means of the Oasis. He brought, mm-hmm. They brought his avatar to IOI and Wade was able to see what was in IOI itself. What he noticed is that Sorrento, like every other dumbass in the world, kept his password to his rig <laughs> on his rig. Password one. <laughs> oh, man. What kind of an idiot has one, two, three, four, five, six as their code? <laughs> anyway, that's how H is H manages to hack into Sorrento's rig. Wade and Daito get in and they what they do is they make him believe that when he comes out of the oasis that he is actually out of the oasis but they are they're with them hacked in they're actually just showing him a simulated version of his office mm-hmm. where Wade and Daito are holding him at gunpoint mm-hmm. the <laughs> so basically what they're doing is they are making a simulation within the simulation. Yeah. Weird, very very inceptiony. Sure. Yeah. But kind of cool, right? Like yeah. I thought that was neat. Wade helps Samantha get herself free from her prison box so that she can get out and make it to the actual uh war room in real life. So she goes to she goes to the war room where they have, you know, what I was saying earlier, where they have all the players lined up in these rigs, mm-hmm. just like rows and rows and rows of people. So she just kind of disappears into the crowd and jumps into the oasis to try and help. The Sixers are trying to beat the next challenge, which is supposed to be hidden in an Atari 2600 game. Mm-hmm. They have the people that are in like the control room all have like, they have like books out and like, reference sheets out and they got a whiteboard with all the 2600 games on there and they're they're marking them off as these guys are going through and like trying to get through the game they're in the in in the oasis they are falling through ice Mm -hmm. if they don't if they're playing the wrong game yep and they just keep sending person after person after person into it boom 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 right yep Wade gets a message to all the Oasis players and tells them what IOI is trying to do. And he says, hey, come join me on Planet Doom. We're going to fight back. We're going to 
we're going to stop these a-holes. And an army of thousands of avatars show up. We've got Harley Quinn. We've got the Halo Master Chief guy. We've got Ninja Turtles. There was RoboCop. There was, like, everybody There was Chucky. I loved it. Chucky was there. And what I loved about that is that, like, Chucky gets tossed into one of the... uh, into one of the Sixers vehicles that they're driving into this crowd of people to fight and just start stabbing people. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that they threw Chucky in there. The Iron Giant comes back. H ends up going back and activating the Iron Giant. Yep. And he brings it to the battle. We've got a Gundam. We've got all kinds of freaking cool things. Sorrento ends up taking the form of Mechagodzilla, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> and he ends up fighting Gundam, which is, was it, who was that, Toshiro that that did that? I can't remember if it was Toshiro or Shoto that... It was the older one. Was it the older one? So I Toshiro then, okay. So Toshiro then, he he turns into that. And, and he fights Mechagodzilla, which I thought was pretty damn cool. And Wade is able to get past everybody and he finds out that Artemis is in there with them because she finds him. He knows that he has to let Artemis get killed. Like let her let her avatar get killed. So that Samantha because basically at this point Sorrento realizes that she is in the oasis mm-hmm. and he see he knows that she's a sixer or she's disguised as a sixer because he finds her pod yeah. open. And <clears throat> And he's going into this bay of people and just like pulling the helmets off of everybody, pulling the VR helmets off of everybody to make sure. So just as he's getting to, this is great coordination that Wade's got, but just as he's getting to Samantha's rig, Wade sacrifices Artemis and Samantha Mm -hmm. reds out, I guess, is what you want to call it. Because the rig turns red and then the guy that's running the floor basically comes up. He's like, get out. We're going to put the next person in. They bring the yep. next person in. And that's how she evades Sorrento. Yep. She ends up going into his office, though. Wade finds a sixer in the castle, and he's playing Adventure, the game, the, the 2600 game. Do you ever play that game? I don't know that one. I remember playing that game for like a quick three minutes and thinking to myself, what in the fuck is even going on in this game? I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing in this game. I had no instruction manual. You remember Atari games? They used to come with an instruction manual. No instruction manual. I just had a game cartridge somehow. Tried playing it. No idea what was happening in that (laughs) game at all. At all. So my my knowledge of this game's lore, I have no idea. No idea what's going on. But the Sixer wins the game, and he still falls through the ice. But before Wade can make his try, he's going to try it, Sorrento shows up, and he ends up fighting Wade. So they fight basically to the death. Sorrento takes out a cataclyst bomb that's supposed to wipe out every avatar within range. I thought when Parsival and H were going through that shopping spree, Parsival oh, yeah. 
said something about that, and H was like, who would use that? And and he said oh, that. Yeah, but I thought right. he mentioned that it killed every avatar in the planet, yeah. on that planet. Oh, in the in the whole oasis. It's supposed to just wipe oh, everybody out of the, the oasis. Oh, on the whole oasis. Yeah. Oh, so it's out of the whole game then. Oh, yeah. Everybody's out. Everybody's okay. out. But remember that quarter that the curator had flipped to Wade? This magic quarter. It was a magic quarter. He had an extra life. He flips it over, and it says extra life on it, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So he didn't end up, well, he ended up dying, but he ends up coming back. Right. Because he has this extra life. He, and now keep in mind, when this bomb went off, everybody was wiped out. Sorrento's out of it. Everybody's Everybody's out of it. Iraq, everybody. So the only person in the entire oasis at this point is Wade. And he plays adventure. And he says, look, the player is not supposed to win the game to win this challenge. They're supposed to find the egg. you got to find the egg. There's an Easter egg in, in Adventure. Now, I've looked this up. This is true. This is the first example of a video game being signed by the creator. And the Easter egg is when you find the actual Easter egg, it is the name of the guy that created the game. Mm. The guy that programmed it. And he does that. He finds that. And he unlocks the next key. Anorak shows up, gives him the key. Wade is trying to use the key to open up the egg. But by this point, H, Toshiro, Shoto, Artemis, and Wade are all in H's van, speeding towards the stacks being chased by IOI people in real life while Wade is still jacked into the Oasis. And so they're getting like slammed into. So every time his body gets shifted in the real world, he loses his balance and he gets shifted Mm -hmm. in the Oasis. I love the cut to people watching him and them holding their hand, like holding it steady, like trying to help help him a little bit. (laughs) Even the people at IOI that were doing all this, they want someone to do this. I mean, this has been their life's work. It's been co-opted by a corporation, but it is their life's work. Their labor that they put into this is finally going to pay off. Mm -hmm. And they want to see what happens. Yes. Finally, he ends up managing to get the key in there and he gets the egg and anorak presents parsifal with a contract to take over the oasis all you got to do is sign but wade realizes that this is a test this is a test of when halliday made morrow sign over his shares of gregarious games which halliday ultimately regretted the chamber that they're in disappears and like reveals the real holiday in his own childhood home in his room with a child version of himself playing mm-hmm. Atari 2600 or was that ColecoVision I couldn't tell what it was I, didn't, I don't, I don't know a lot it. of Atari games so I'm not sure well the 2600 is the system and the ColecoVision is a separate system I don't know N- not the game but the system that he was playing I want to say it might have been an Intellivision but I'm not sure. ColecoVision and television were the same thing. They were just manufactured by different groups. They look the same. They play the same games. Anyway, moving on. So, <laughs> info dump, right? <laughs> yeah, gotta love it. Halliday introduces himself to Wade. He says, look, 
this button here, this red button on the wall. This is how you self-destruct the Oasis. You shut the whole thing down if you want. Wade, they're still being chased. Yep. And Wade is get, Wade gets thrown into the wall, so he almost hits the red button too. So it's like, did you believe for a second that they were he was going to accidentally hit the red button? No. Okay. Very good. Because it seemed like it seemed like a really out of place like stumble. Yeah. But. Yeah, whatever. I, I, I don't know. It did, I felt like it didn't ratchet any tension for me there, you know? No, it didn't for me either, but it was kind of a funny little moment where he's yeah. like, whoa, be careful, you know? <laughs> right, right. Halliday's last words are to tell Wade that, look, you know, escapism, video games, comic books, books, movies, they're all fun, but the real world is more important. So H manages to get to the stacks just as this all is happening in the Oasis. And a group of people are there because while in the Oasis, before he had gotten to this final spot, when he was kind of calling out everybody, he said, you know, they're gonna, they're, they're coming after us in the real world. We're going to need you to help us mm-hmm. when we get to the stacks. The people that are in the stacks show up to basically stonewall Sorrento from getting to the van. They're like, you're not going after this guy. Not on our watch. Which, so I have a problem with this moment because he has one gun. Mm-hmm. He's one dude with one gun and there are hundreds of those people. Yeah. They all step back like, oh my God. And it's not even like a big gun. It's a pistol. Yeah. You could disarm this man. Like one guy facing him, the other people from the behind him, go get him, right? Right. Get them, guys. There's more of us than there are of you is the feeling that you're supposed to get. But everybody backs off as soon as a gun pops up. Yeah. What is that? Like, I don't I don't understand that reaction. I don't either. It was kind of a weird reaction. Okay. All right. All right. Hmm. Wade comes out of the Oasis. The cops show up. They have seen the video that H had uploaded of Sorrento confessing basically to everything that he had done to try and secure this Easter egg. And they arrest him yeah, along with his like henchwoman. Mm-hmm. Real quick right here. Yeah. I was a little confused by this because mm-hmm. I feel like the police have never, the police don't seem to interfere as IOI is basically kidnapping people off the street and putting them to slave labor. Right. So my assumption was the police were on their payroll. So I was a little confused when the police come in as the good guys to arrest these guys. I was a little confused because I thought that didn't seem quite right in my brain, but it's okay. It's fine. I mean, that's technically what they're supposed to be there for. So so they must not be on their payroll then. I I think that it's disingenuous to believe that these cops would stand aside while these guys are just basically enslaving people but now they're going to stop him yeah. it seems like a real easy way out like unless oh, if the maybe they could here. never prove it but that happened to so many people you would think at some point something it's a known thing it's a yeah. known thing like it's basically like you have to work your dead off right right Right. I mean, I don't know. It, it, the one thing that really bothers me about the end of this movie is that these cops turn. It's just it's just too easy. It's too easy for them to just show up and be like, Meh, you know, it's yeah. everything's okay. We'll take care of it now, you know? Yeah. Which... Too clean. It is, but we're two hours and what, 
10, 15 minutes into this movie, yeah. you have to end it clean somehow. I mean, there, you can't like, I don't know. I don't you know how it, you would end it. Oh, I know how you, I know exactly how you end it. The people of the stacks murder Sorrento and his henchwoman. And the police just aren't even involved? No, the police don't even come. The police yeah. wouldn't come to a place like the stacks. They're not there to protect the stacks. They're there to protect the corporate interests. Right. Right? That's why they never went after them. Yeah. That's why they don't go after them now. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, the uh, the team, the High Five, with Wade out of the Oasis, are approached by Ogden Morrow, who calls himself Og. He says, call me Og. He tells Wade that he was the curator, which we now know because Jennifer blew that early. <laughs> he has a team of lawyers that helps Wade secure control of the Oasis. But he wants to share control with his friends. Og's like, fine, that's what you got to do. Then you got to do it. So the, the high five take control of the Oasis, not Wade. Mm-hmm. The team, the yep. clan takes yes. control of the Oasis. And then Wade kind of tells us that, you know, he... They took control of the Oasis. They forced IOI to remove all their loyalty centers. They decided to shut the Oasis down on Tuesdays and Thursdays so that people can go out and enjoy the real world. And then Wade finally gets to kiss Samantha. And that's it. They have a new apartment. They have like all the stuff that they need, right? They're, yeah. they're living good now. I feel like this is what Halliday would have wanted. Like, So does Morrow. You have this place still for people to go to Mm -hmm. but it you implement this mandatory shutdown where you cannot be in here during certain times so you force people Mm -hmm. to interact with other human beings in real life morrow i think i think this is the crux of why he helped wade he saw something in wade that says he's not going to just take the money and run he's going to take the money and do something good with it Mm -hmm. yeah and you notice their new apartment, Samantha's and Wade's, mm-hmm. isn't like super luxurious. Mm-hmm. It's obviously nicer than what they had, but it seems like a typical, normal, just apartment mm-hmm. room. Nothing too fancy. So they didn't go buy some big castle or nothing like that. And obviously they're wealthy enough at this point that they could have <sighs> done that. But Yeah. Or maybe they gave all that money away. They might have. They might have just... That, it out there. that is the right play in my book. But, you know, we're not talking about me. We're talking about Wade. That's the end of the movie, though. It is. Do you have any other notes that you wanted to talk about? In an interview, mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg did mention this was his third most difficult movie he's ever made. <laughs> uh, behind it's all CGI. Behind Jaws and Saving Private Ryan. Behind Jaws and Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Why? Did he say Why? He doesn't say why. Maybe it is with the special effects and trying to incorporate that into the story, maybe. maybe. Make it all seem cohesive. Who yeah, knows? Maybe. I don't know. I just maybe. thought that was kind of interesting. I think, it, you know, what it might have had to do with is trying to coordinate the rights to all of the things that he needed in here to make it that accurate could be to the too, book. The legal part That's of a possibility. it. I um, do have some alternate castings. Yes. Go. So for director, mm-hmm. we have Christopher Nolan. Robert mm. Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis. That yep. would have been great. Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn, the X-Men first class guy. Cool. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson could have done this, I think. Edgar Wright. Oh, my God. That would have been great. <laughs> Edgar Wright, Robert Zemeckis. Almost all of those sound like great picks to direct this movie. No. This seems like, like 
it was really interesting to me that Spielberg, who is arguably like the king of 80s pop culture, like that dude ran the fucking 80s. If it wasn't directed by Steven Spielberg, it was produced by Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Gremlins is produced by Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Right? Like he had his hand in everything, everything. Yeah. And he is here making a love letter to basically all of his shit. <laughs> He was a good choice then. Yeah, but isn't that a little weird to you? Like, it feels a little... eh. No, not Eh. at all. I don't know. Like, okay, you know me. I'm not going to be like, oh, Steven Spielberg's an ass. He's not. I just, I wonder if he was the right guy for this. I I don't know. I don't know if we would have gotten a lot better story with somebody Hmm. else or who knows. We, I mean, that's just all guessing. We Hmm. just don't know. Yeah, I suppose. For... Halliday, mm-hmm. Michael Keaton. Interesting. Uh, that could have worked. That could have worked. Tom Cruise. No. Tom Hanks. Yes. Yeah. Fucking Tom Hanks would have rocked this, but I like I like what Mark Rylance did with it. I do too. I like who they have, mm-hmm. but I think Keaton or Hanks would have been okay. Hanks would have been fucking amazing in this role. Yeah. For Artemis, we've got L. Fanning. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And that is it. That's all I've got for alternate casting. Interesting. Did you see the... Well, I guess you probably wouldn't recognize this, would you? The uh, original 1953 War of the Worlds alien ships were in here. Oh, were they? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I wanted to talk about... I wanted to talk about Artemis. Something about her that we didn't say is that Samantha has a birthmark on her face that she's really self-conscious of Mm -hmm. and she keeps her hair in the way Wade doesn't care about that and I thought it was significant that when Wade finally does kiss her at the end of the movie I'm sorry sorry not like that when they finally kiss at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. they do so with Samantha's birthmark facing the camera yeah in full view and I think the significance there really is that you know she's kind of Accepting that about herself, accepting a little bit of herself, you know, mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciated that. I thought that it was good. That I, I was worried that they would hide that for image sake. Right. But they didn't. They didn't. They went right for it, which yeah. I thought was I thought was appropriate. Yeah, that so. is cool. Yeah. Anything else? You got any other notes? Nope. That's it. That's all, all my notes. All right. Then let's do, let's do our normal thing then. Let's do keep rent or erase Jennifer and tell me why. I'm going to keep this movie. I loved it. Really? Oh, I'm glad. Okay, cool. I loved this movie. Very cool. I never saw this because I think you saw it and you told me, I don't know if you'll like this. And because it is a little bit of a sci-fi yeah, in sci-fi. there, yep. I I was like, okay, I'm just not going to waste my time. It's a long movie. I'm mm-hmm. not going to waste my time if I'm not going to like it. Yeah, you don't like long movies unless they're Avenger movies. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> That's not fair. That's not Totally true. true. Come on. Anyways, it's a long movie, and I don't... I'm a busy person. I don't want to waste two and a half hours on a movie I'm not going to like. Understood. So. That's the risk that you take with a movie, though. It is. It is. But if it's got... If it's something... I I don't tend to like sci-fi. Right. And because of that, I stayed away from it. But I wish I hadn't. I wish I would have gotten to see this in theater. I think that would have been cool to see it on a big screen. Yeah, absolutely. It really was. 
Now, for me, I know some people have a problem that it's just fan service, callback, nostalgia type movie, <laughs> but I liked that. I I grew up in the 80s. Yeah. I know this stuff. I've seen this <laughs> stuff. It's kind of fun to see it, but not, I mean, it is really thrown in your face, but it's not the purpose of the movie. Right. It's there, but it's not what the movie is about. I liked the storyline. I liked the actors. The CGI I thought was pretty good. I thought that was fun to see too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed this. I got halfway through it a second time and was like, crap, I'm running out of time. I can't finish it. I will probably still go finish it though because I really <laughs> enjoyed this a lot. Yeah. So Cool. I'm glad to hear that. This is 100% a keep for me. I'm shocked. Very cool. I'm shocked. So I love that that I love that that happened. I really love that that happened. How about you? This for me, this is a keep. This is a keep. I love the '80s and I love Spielberg, and this has a lot of Spielberg references in it, <laughs> and it's directed by Spielberg. <laughs> this is the most Spielbergy Spielberg movie that it was ever Spielberg. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> And, and I love the concept of it. I love the premise of a guy from the 80s leaving, like, you know, this fortune that he created to people like him, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the idea that there might be some altruism out there in the world. You never know. But, but yeah, so definitely a keep. I really appreciated Ben Mendelsohn. He is a beast of an actor. That dude is really, really good. I think that Ty Sheridan did a great job as, mm-hmm. as, Artem, or as, as Wade slash Percival. I thought that the reveal with H is really funny and cool. Yeah. I loved Show, the mm-hmm. little, the younger kid. He was hysterical. He even has one of my favorite lines. Ninjas don't hug. Ninjas don't hug. Yeah. It's like a game of remember this, this mm-hmm. whole movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's all callbacks. And I'm honestly, I'm here for it. I'm not usually the guy that likes callbacks for callbacks sake, but I think that it's integrated well in this movie. I really do want to finish the book at some point. Restart the book, I guess I should say. So yeah, 100% a keep from me. Excellent. Yes, yes. All right, what is next? All right, we are going to dive into the MCU and watch The Marvels. The Marvels. Okay. I'm interested to see how they pull this off. Mm Mm-hmm. I've I've seen a couple of things from the trailer, and they appear to be things that are from other versions of Captain Marvel. Okay. And I'm really I'm really interested to see like is this really what they're doing, or is this some other version of something? You know, like I I don't want to spoil what I my thoughts there, but I, I'm interested in this one. I really I really would like to see what's going on here. So I haven't been excited about an MCU movie, but I'm at least interested in this one. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Well, right here on the couch next week, we have Carol and Kamala and Monica Monica Rambeau. Rambeau right here on the couch, the Marvels. Thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.